Welcome to the Own Your Voice Pod, a podcast dedicated to guiding you to trust your voice and communicate your true value with full confidence so that you attract the clients and opportunities you're meant to contribute to. I'm Ray, your host, and I'm excited to present to you this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Own Your Voice Pod. Um, I just came back from a five-week trip to Thailand and to Cambodia and it's been one of the most rejuvenating, energizing experiences working and traveling and I haven't yet like fully processed it but it's so much fun because I think the best part was just really being able to um, live life to the fullest, do things that I enjoy, which is basically have new experiences, try new food, meet the locals, do stuff like, you know, feeding elephants, um, riding on a trishaw, um, you know, all these kind of things that I love to do to experience the world uh, and all that it has to offer me and still be able to run my business. And it's just been such an amazing experience and I can't wait to do it again. But today, I want to talk about having better conversations, even with people that you think are very different from you, right? Even if with people who are from a different culture. And, you know, as I was preparing for this episode, I literally went, oh my god, this is so good, you know, so many times as I'm preparing it. And I am literally going to reveal my secrets to human connection, these secrets that I have... Um, figured out myself through not just eight years of professional hosting and meeting people from all walks of life like CEOs to kids to students to families to even the aunties at the coffee shop and on top of those experiences having you know um, multiple nomading trips in the past year where I've met uh, you know Americans I've met people from third world countries I've met people from different walks of life this has helped me have better conversations with them, even if there's a language barrier, even if we're from completely different backgrounds, even if we're from completely different worlds, I'm able to have good, deep, connected conversations and make the person, vis- like visually, I can see that the person feels happy, feels seen, feel understood, and feel comfortable talking to me. And today, I'm going to be sharing with you what these connection secrets are and how you can apply them to connect with your bosses, your colleagues, your potential employers, clients, your partner in your personal life, your parents, and the list goes on. The reason why it is so damn important to be a master conversationalist is this. You literally cannot go a day without talking to someone. Tell me if there's a day that you go without actually speaking to at least one person, right? You need to at least order food at the restaurant to eat your lunch and to eat your dinner. (laughs) So conversations are opportunities to connect and especially so in a world thirsty for connection. And professionally, being a good conversationalist will make you charismatic, memorable and bloody unforgettable. And in our personal life, good conversations feed our soul. I mean, seriously, have you ever left a good conversation and you feel like so warm and fuzzy and you're like, ah, I'm so happy I had that conversation. Life is so good. You know, people, I'm so glad that I have people in my life who I love and who love me. That is what a good conversation does to you. You feel seen, you feel heard, you feel understood. If you have felt that feeling before, then great. 
right? Through this podcast, you'll be able to gain some tips on how you can create more opportunities like these so you can feel that warm, fuzzy feelings and so you can give people those warm, fuzzy feelings. And if you haven't felt that before, then this podcast is really for you, right? To learn how to have better conversations so that you can have more fulfilled and meaningful ones. At the end of the day, we leave the world with nothing. All we have is the love we've shared and the good we've done. Our relationships make a huge chunk of having a fulfilling life. They take up this huge chunk. If you don't have good relationships, it's very hard to have a fulfilling life. And conversations are the start to a long-lasting, meaningful relationships. So if you want to have a fulfilled life, have good conversations, right? Once again, our relationships make up a huge chunk to having a fulfilling life. And conversations are the start to long-lasting, deep and meaningful relationships. And that's why today I am just so excited to talk about this, how to have better conversations, because this will be the start to having better, more meaningful relationships and to be happy. In this episode, I'll be sharing five common mistakes that people have when having conversations. Uh, And these mistakes prevent genuine connection. Then I'll be sharing some suggestions on what you can do instead and what basically has worked for me. Okay, let's dive right in, right? As I'm sharing these mistakes and these solutions, I'll like you to um, allow yourself to recall conversations you've had in the past week so that this is like directly applicable to you and you're not just taking this in as stuff that is nice to hear and put in your notebook or your you know, notepad and it doesn't get executed at all. I want you to really think of conversations you've been having at work and in your life. Okay, let's dive right in. Five mistakes that we make when having conversations that block connection and what can we do to have better conversations. Mistake number one, prejudging the person before you even have a conversation with them. Oh my goodness, I can't even tell you how many times this has happened to me and has happened to a lot of my clients and a lot of people that I talk to. When you're in your workplace and you're about to meet your boss for the first time or you're walking at the corridor of your workplace and you see your manager or your boss coming towards you, what are your thoughts? Do you immediately think, oh gosh, it's going to be so awkward. I don't know how to relate to them. Sometimes we look at someone who we believe is very different from us in terms of our age, credentials, experiences, cultural background. We immediately think, you know, I can't relate to them. Oh gosh, this conversation is going to be so awkward. And what happens is either A, we don't even start a conversation with them and the conversation doesn't exist. Or B, we bring that cautious, quiet and sometimes awkward energy into the conversation. And because of that, it's hard to truly be authentic. It's hard to be ourselves. Whatever prejudgment you have about someone is 99% of the time incorrect. Right, let me share with you a story. As some of you may know, I've been hosting events for the past eight years. And one of the events I was asked to host before was an anniversary celebration for a huge engineering company. In my mind, I thought, ah, how am I going to relate to them? Right, I have a communications background. They are engineers. We are literally on the opposite ends. And what's worse is that these employees... Um, who are attending are more than twice my age and they also speak different languages like some of them only speak Mandarin or they know very little English 
and some of them speak dialect, right? Mandarin dialects like Hokkien, Cantonese. So I'm thinking, how do I relate to them? But I took up the challenge anyways, and I kept myself focused on my key purpose, which was this, to host the event well so that the audience can have a great time. All I wanted to do was I told myself, Ray, just host the event well. They had a hard, long week. They are looking forward to this celebration. They're looking forward to have good food and time with their friends. Just host it well. And to my surprise, I had the entire room howling in laughter again and again throughout the night. That night, I learned a very simple but powerful lesson that has influenced the way I connect forever. We are not as different as we think we are. We are not as different as we think we are. Sounds simple, right? But seriously, by having this mindset, wouldn't it just influence the way you walk into every conversation? All of us want to feel like we belong, no matter our age. We want to feel like we want to belong. We want to feel, uh, we want to experience joy, laughter, love. Yet sometimes we experience pain, guilt, shame, disappointment. We're not as different as we think we are. No matter our age difference, our cultural difference, etc., I've spoken to people from different countries, of different ages, even from America, from US, from UK, from Hong Kong, from Canada. They all have experienced guilt, shame, failure. They all want to experience joy, love, peace. We're not as different as we think we are. Instead of prejudging, focus on staying present. Allow them to show you who they are. Don't make decisions on who they are before they show it to you. Be present and go with the flow. Stay genuinely curious and interested about the person. When you intentionally stay present, you're more likely to know what to say and know how to react. Likely scenario is you say hi, have a conversation with them, and then realize that they're way more friendly and chill than you thought they would be. Now let's move on to mistake number two. Having a one-way exchange instead of a two-way conversation. Oh my goodness, this happens so often. More often than we think, to be honest. I think more often than we realize. Many a times, instead of actually having a conversation, we are waiting for our turn to speak. We so badly want to say our point of view that we don't actually truly listen to what the person is saying. And that becomes a very one-way conversation. It becomes a debate. There's a difference between hearing and listening. There is a difference between hearing and listening. Hearing is passively taking in words. Listening is intentionally understanding. You're listening with the intention to understand. So the solution for this to be a two-way conversation instead of one is to listen to understand. Having better conversations actually require you to truly listen what the person has to say understand their perspective, and respond accordingly. You can't overly plan what you want to say. You need to react on the spot. Otherwise, it's going to be really fake and not genuine. Solution number two is this. Get interested and ask more questions. Aspire to adopt a habit of asking questions. Adopting a habit of asking questions actually require us to really digest what the person has to say. Like we're forced to listen, get interested, dig deeper, and then ask more questions. 
By digging deeper, we have better conversations which lead to more connected relationships. And there's so much research that backs this up as well. Right? A research was done in the 1970s where researchers told one subject group to ask many questions in their conversations at least nine questions in a 15-minute conversation. And another subject group was asked to ask very few questions, no more than four in 15 minutes. So that's like less than half of what the first group was asked to do. People who asked more questions were better liked by their conversation partners in the online chats or for those that were in a date format, they were more likely to go on a second date. This is going to blow your mind, right? In fact, asking just one more question on a date meant that participants persuaded one additional person over the course of 20 dates to go out with them again. That means that simply by asking interested questions, showing the person you genuinely want to know them and asking them questions, you increase your chances of having a follow-up conversation with the person. You increase your chances of having a second date with the person that you actually like. How crazy is that? In the professional context, research has also been done. And this was done by Dan Cable from London Business School and Regina Kay at the University of North Carolina. Now, if you are going to be interviewing for some job soon, you want to hear this. Or even if you're in a job now, you want to ex- you want to expand your career in the corporate world, you have to listen to this. Research that was done by them suggests that people excessively self-promote during job interviews. When they focus on selling themselves, they are likely not asking enough questions. They forget to ask questions. They forget to ask questions about the interviewer, the organization, the work, the role, Questions which would A, make the interviewer feel more engaged and more likely to favor the candidate. And B, these questions could have actually provided the candidate with more information about the organization and the role so that they can make their own assessment if the job is suitable for them, if the job provides satisfying work for them. For job candidates, asking questions such as, What am I not asking you that I should? To the interviewer, can signal confidence, competence, build rapport, and unlock key pieces of information about the position. So that just means that simply by asking questions during an interview, you can not just be more well-liked by the interviewer, but you also allow yourself to understand more about the job so that you actually take the job if it's what you want. If you don't ask questions, you don't know if it's a job that you want, right? A job interview is like a date. The date is not just assessing you, you are assessing the date. You want to know if you want to have a second date in the first place or if you want to even explore a relationship moving forward. In summary of point two, remember that a conversation is two-way. Okay, a conversation is two-way, not one-way. Get interested and create the habit of asking questions to deepen the conversation. Mystic tree. This one, this one is a lesser-known one and is a really, really powerful perspective to have, not just in conversations, but in your presentations as well. Mystic tree is this, not realizing that the person you're speaking to does not understand your context. They don't know what you know. Okay, has this ever happened to you? You join a new company 
or you find yourself in um, a circle chatting with a group of people who know each other beforehand, but you don't know them or you have just met them for the first time. They start talking and they start referring to incidents that has happened before that you have no idea about. They crack inside jokes that you don't think is funny because you don't get it. They are referring to people's names that you don't know who they are. And as time goes on, you just have no idea what's happening and you feel so out of place. The reason why you feel out of place is simple. You don't understand the context that they are speaking from. You don't have the experiences in that company or in that social circle that make sense of the jokes and stories that they share. Right? This is why sometimes I find it really hard to like laugh at like stand-up comedians from the UK or the US. Right? Especially when I when they are performing to a US audience and I'm watching it on like America's Got Talent on something on some video. The whole entire group, the whole entire audience would be laughing, but I don't find it funny because I don't know certain words that they, they are referring to, certain organizations, certain places, or certain cultural norms that they are referring to. Likewise, there are times that we do the same and we don't realize it. When it happens to us, we realize it, we notice it, we feel uncomfortable, but when we do it to people, we don't realize it. Sometimes when we share a story, a message, or anything for that matter, we share it from our baseline knowledge and experiences that our audience do not have. We forget that our listener does not have the same brain as us. They can't read your mind and they most certainly have not experienced what you have experienced before. So this is the solution. Number one, keep their context and understanding in mind. Share with them the backstory and context they need in order for them to understand what you're saying. Are there any cultural references or slang that you have been using that your audience may not understand? Like for example, when I say coffee, like in Singapore, we have this thing called kopio. And people might be like, what's kopi? I mean, it does sound like coffee, but if I'm saying this to someone from another country, they may not know what kopio is. So I need to explain what kopio is, which is essentially coffee with no sugar and no milk. Because there's kopi si, there's kopi, there's so many kopis. Okay, so that's just one example. Um, another question you need to ask yourself um, in the solution of keeping their context and understanding in mind is asking yourself, is what you share understandable to your listener? Or are there holes in your story that you have missed out? This is especially the case when you are sharing your own personal story and your story has so much layers and context to it that sometimes you don't realize you're missing out certain key contextual information that will cause the person to just not understand the whole story altogether right so especially when you share your story in a very slipshod way like for example when people ask me like you know um like how do you get into coaching and sometimes if i want to share the story fast i may find myself saying yeah you know um, what happened was that i was clubbing a lot in the past and um, I met my first few mentors at when I was in university and they shared with me that, you know, they told me how to like ask myself deeper questions and that actually helped me um, get to the place of where I am right now realizing that coaching is important. And this is a great fast version of the story, but for the viewer, for the listener, they might be thinking, wait, why do you even get into clubbing in the first place? And how do you go from clubbing every day to stop? to stop clubbing and, you know, you know, 
like becoming like more self-introspective. Like how do you make that overnight shift? So there are a lot of holes in the story that they may not understand. And you need to put yourself in the audience's shoes and ask yourself if you are explaining the context well enough or not. Okay, because if they don't understand the context, they won't understand your point and they won't understand your story. Okay, like for example, if you you came from a f- all-female school, right, and you talked about um, how, you know, in class you guys would always, this happens because I was in an all-female school before, but if I didn't tell people I'm in an all-female school and I share about how in class we would just change openly in school, people would be so confused. They're like, oh my God, why would you do that? But when I share that in an all-female school, this is very common, then people will understand. So you need to put yourself in the audience's shoes and ask them, okay, do they understand what's the context that I'm sharing from? Solution number two is this, check for understanding. Check to see if your listener understood what you are saying. Right? As you're speaking, look for visual cues on your listener's face to see if he or she understood you. If they look a little bit confused, then you know that you might need to reshare your point or explain certain contexts that they have not that you have not shared yet. Mistake number four. Okay, mistake number four is this subconsciously rejecting or judging what's against your values and beliefs. Wow, I'm telling you. Wow, this happens so much. This is one of the biggest um, blockages to connection. I observe this in a lot of my conversations as uh, in, a lot, a lot, in a lot of the conversations I coach my clients on, right, with their family, um, with their partners, with their colleagues, with their bosses. I also see this sometimes in my family as well. And sometimes I catch myself doing it as well. Right, one mistake that many people make, right, mistake number four is, which is a huge obstacle to connection, is that they subconsciously reject or judge what someone says in a conversation that they don't agree with. And because of that, they lose the opportunity to truly understand that person's point of view. So this is what happens, right? This is what I mean. The person says something. And in your mind, you're already creating an opinion that prevents you from actually understanding the person's perspective because either you're so excited to share your opinions about the first sentence that they just said that you don't open yourself up to hearing everything that they want to say or you are too busy judging what they say based on your values, based on your beliefs, that you don't put yourself in the person's shoes to empathize in the first place. So this happens a lot, especially when people share their feelings with you. Okay, so I give you an example, right? For example, um, this has happened to me before, right? Uh, you know, a couple of years ago when I was, you know, just got, just got into personal development and all of that. And, you know, I started coaching clients and all of that. Um, I've had mentees that come to me. That means people that are not really my coaches, but sort of like, you know, I have coffee chats with them and they share with me their challenges. And there was this one guy who was sharing with me how, um, you know, he is going to university and he's choosing between a couple of modules. And he was really distressed. He was telling me, Ray, I really want to study um, psychology, psychology, but my parents think that economics is a better um, is a better choice. And I really don't know what to do. You know, I feel like 
um, I'm really kind of afraid with what they're gonna say if let's say I I just choose something that I want instead and I don't know how they're gonna react and I mean generally my parents are quite strict and um, I am I'm afraid that they're gonna just like be really disappointed I noticed that in my mind just as soon as he said I don't know what to choose in my mind I'm already thinking of plenty of advice I want to give him I'm already thinking of course you should choose what you want right your parents don't own your life blah 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 blah. I, I realized that I've had all these thoughts in my head advice that keeps popping up but what I did was I stopped myself from generating this advice I stopped because I know that if I keep generating it I won't be able to truly understand where he's coming from Okay, so I stopped myself from generating the advice. And I asked him, what do you truly want? Or I asked, I, I mean, a couple of questions. What do you truly want? How does this indecision make you feel? If let's say you really do choose your parents' path um, for you, in five years, ten years from now, how do you think you'll feel? Right? So I asked him how he was feeling right now. Right? I also asked him, um, why does your parents' opinion mean so much to you? So I'm understanding his perspective. And through, under, through asking these questions, I'm able to understand, oh, the reason why he's so torn is because his parents have been making decisions for him growing up, right? He hasn't been trained to stand up for himself. And that is why it's so hard for him to speak up to his parents. So all my advice of telling him to speak up, to speak your truth, it's not going to work because he hasn't yet gained that ownership of his voice or to even know what he wants in his life, to fight for what he wants. And if I allowed myself to generate all that pieces of advice, I would have missed that opportunity to truly understand where he's coming from and truly understand why he thinks or says certain things. The reality is this, okay? Other people, they may not share your values, they may not share your beliefs, and they definitely don't share the same experiences as you've had. And that is fine, right? A conversation is not for you to convince them of what you think. It's not like a motivational section or an inspirational speech where you tell them, you should do this, you should do that. No, right? It is not for you to tell them what to do. A conversation is for you to understand where they're coming from and to share your perspectives as well from a non-judgmental, non-biased way. And it's up to them if they want to ask more or if they want to ask you for advice. Another another example that I've noticed is this, right? And I've realized this mistake, once again, which is subconsciously rejecting or judging what's against your values and beliefs. I've realized this when it comes, when I notice conversations between people who um, don't subscribe to um, the same beliefs, right? So for example, I have me and my friend. Okay, so for me, I believe that there is a God. I believe that um, like in spirituality and higher power and for my friend he actually doesn't believe right that that there is a higher power right and as i was speaking to him i realized that i found myself very charged because in my mind i'm thinking what how can you believe that that's so weird you know i'm thinking huh you haven't had a spiritual experience before but that charge momentarily prevented me from pausing and understanding okay why does he believe what he believes 
And it doesn't mean I want to change what he believes. It's just truly understanding why. right? So many times we try to protect our beliefs and values that we don't allow ourselves to understand where the person is coming from, what's their values, their beliefs. Okay, I know I'm spending a lot of time on this, but because the reason why I'm so passionately talking about this is I've coached my clients on so many tough conversations with their parents, with their partners, with their bosses, and most of the time, disagreements happen due to difference in values and beliefs, right? For me, my relationship with my parents growing up has changed over time because we took time to understand each other's values and beliefs. In the past, when I came at home late, because I was freelancing, they would say, why you want to come home late? Why you don't want to just focus on your studies? Their values is that they value security, they value stability. For me, I value freedom and I value my creative expression. I want to do work that I love. For them, they see me as you know, like being too risky and not focusing on my studies. And sometimes when we are having conversations, immediately I'll shut off what they have to say. I'll think, you know what? You don't understand me. But when I chose to, this is the solution here, when I chose to keep my beliefs and my thoughts at bay, in my head first, right? As my parents, as whoever is talking, and decide and and commit to not responding right away. I am then able to hear their point of view. I am then able to understand where they're coming from. And so the solution is truly this. Keep your beliefs and suggestions at bay while they are talking. You don't have to respond right away once they speak. Remember, it is a conversation, not a debate. A conversation is for you to share your perspectives and to understand theirs. So mistake number four, once again, is subconsciously rejecting or judging what's against your values and beliefs, and this prevents connection. The solution here is to keep your beliefs and your suggestions at bay as they are talking. You don't have to respond right away. Remember, it is a conversation. Ask questions to find out what they think. Ask questions to understand where they're coming from. Don't try to convince them of anything because It is not your job. It's not your right to convince people of what you believe because your beliefs may not even be right. It's right to you. It might not be right to them. Okay, so once again, remember a conversation is a conversation. It is an exchange of experiences and ideas. It is not a debate. Last but not least, wow, we took a long one with that one, right? But I feel like it's a really important one. It's so important because seriously, like if I only knew, you know, um, the power of understanding people's values and beliefs, I could have saved myself from so much frustration and pain in arguments. So, yes, very important. (laughs) Last but not least, mistake number five. Mistake number five is this, not planning the next conversation. In order to have better conversations, you need to remember what you spoke about in the last conversation, right? In order to have better conversations, you need to remember what you spoke about in the last conversation. I mean, seriously, right now I am revealing one of my connection secrets. For those people who want to build long-lasting relationships, 
you need to remember this, okay? So for people that I want to build long-lasting relationships with, whether it's clients, prospects, um, certain colleagues from the past, right, or friends, as long as I know that there will be a next conversation, I make sure that I write down notes on what we spoke about today in this conversation so that I can recall it next time. Think about it. Wouldn't you feel so special if someone meets you six months later and starts off the conversation with, oh, you mentioned that you were going to start this new project in the UK. How has it been? And you'll be thinking, oh my gosh, this person remembered, right? They kept me in mind. You'll feel so precious. You'll feel so hurt, seen. You'll feel so important. And you tend to remember them because they have left a significant impression in your mind. And it's not that hard. Simply use an Excel sheet or whichever database that works for you and use it to record conversation pointers that happen throughout every conversation so that you can prepare for the next conversation. Wow. Whew. I think this must be one of my longest podcast episodes ever. I mean, this is like 40 minutes or so. But I, I think that this is so important because once again, better conversations create better relationships. And so in summary, let me just share with you the five mistakes and the five suggested solutions, right? In summary, mistake number one that we make is prejudging the person before we even have a conversation with them. The solution is instead of prejudging, focus on staying present. Allow them to show you who they are. Mistake number two, having a one-way exchange <clears throat> instead of a two-way conversation. Solution here is listen to understand and get interested and ask more questions. Mistake number three, not realizing that the person doesn't understand your context. They don't know what you know. The solution here is to keep their context and understanding in mind. Share with them the backstory and context that they need in order to understand what you're saying. And check for understanding. Check to see if your listener understood what you're saying through visual cues to see if they're following your com your, your, the conversation. Mistake number four. Subconsciously rejecting or judging what's against your values and your beliefs. The solution here is to keep your beliefs and suggestions at bay as they are talking. You don't have to respond right away once they speak. Remember, it is a conversation, not a debate. Now, number five, the last mistake is this, right? Not planning the next conversation. That's the last mistake. The solution here is to use an Excel sheet or whichever database that works for you to use it to record the conversation pointers so that you can prepare for the next conversation. Now, remember, relationships feed our soul and fuel our spirit. A good conversation, I believe, is one of life's simplest joys. They leave us feeling so filled so warm, so fuzzy, so loved. So having good conversations not just help you in your career, it helps you in your life. It helps you in your happiness, right? Learning how to have a good conversation helps you just immensely in your career, in your business, in your life, in your relationships. So take your time to practice to get good at it. If you found this helpful, do share it on social media or personally share it to your friends you know who can benefit. 
I really hope that this can help as many people as possible. You know, things that I've shared in this podcast, I figured out myself. I've lost friends. I've, you know, screwed up first impressions. I've done all of that. And I figured it out all in the past, you know, eight years as a host as and also, you know, in life. And I've distilled it in this one episode. So I really hope it helps as many people as possible. And with that, I'll see you in the next episode. Continue to thrive and own your voice. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Own Your Voice pod. Start a conversation, share this episode with a friend or on social media and tag me at Ray Matrix. I'll love to hear your unique thoughts on this episode. Be part of the Own Your Voice movement by joining our private Telegram channel. There are exclusive worksheets and templates for you to take action and actually own your voice. You may do so by clicking the link in the episode or podcast description. And I'll see you next week.